Hello? Did something happen? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't I don't know what that was about. Um I got a a baffling animated Skype man uh who was giving me like a hang loose sign, I think. Or he was making Did the ancient telephone telephone gesture. He was sort of like waving a hang he's like, Brock's not online, but be cool. And I wasn't feeling cool at all. And there you are. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh man, did you miss just my hold? Now. I was just describing. Uh, I, you know that was a that was a bad start anyway. But I was describing the animated. Never mind. It's not worth it's it. It's cool. I'm sure I'd have laughed and mm-hmm. thought you were brilliant. Uh huh. <sighs> I have tea. I have water. <clears throat> Wonderful. Oh, do you, no, what's your? Uh, wait a minute. What format of water? It's in a mason jar. Okay. Is what, it what is, is it, the format? I mean like uh, is it tap water? Is it cold tap water? Is it carbonated water? Is it does it is there ice in it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm a simple boy from South Alabama. So it's well uh, water? <laughs> it is <laughs> It's rainwater. It is in a mason jar and it is from the fridge filtered tap. However, I'm certain that the filter's not supposed to last like 4 years. So mm. we can call it tap water. We actually stopped using ours here. Uh, when we moved here, it needed to be replaced, and I think the fridge was too old. I, I did order a $35 filter that claimed to fit and did not at all fit, and then, from what I could tell, our fridge just happened to share a model number with a newer fridge, and our fridge was like a take-it-out-of-the-wall-and-replace-it sort of deal, or like, you know, scoot the fridge out of the nook. Anyway, point being, we had just didn't use it for years, and then... Uh, we recently got a new refrigerator from our landlord that does have a water thing. Landlord? That's such an interesting concept. How yeah. does this work? Um, well, the way that it works, it, you know how uh, you build equity when you own property? Yes, that's a word I've heard. Okay. So uh, the landlord builds equity, and every month you take a bag of money and you throw it at the landlord's feet. Um, Do you... Do you kneel, or is this like a virtual? I I mean, it's a virtual foot throwing. I, it's situation done via the bank website, but essentially, a certain kneeling amount, is implied. Yeah, a certain four digit amount of money disappears, and for it, I build no equity whatsoever. Um, on the upside, if uh, my drain is clogged, I can call the landlord instead of doing all the fancy adult things I used to do when I owned a house. Hmm. Okay, I'm seeing the trade-off here. All right. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit like uh, um, I'm less responsible than I used to be in a way that I sometimes feel bad about and sometimes can really get behind. So do you think serfdom was like that or was it just the worst of both worlds where like they threw their cabbage at the feet of the Lord Mm -hmm. and then their goat breaks down? I don't know how a goat breaks down and the Lord you know, laughs at them or takes the goat. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like in that scenario, the goat just becomes like uh, a very fancy feast. Like you throw mm-hmm. a, or not fancy feast, but like a, a fancy feast, <laughs> um, which, uh, you know. We it, are not supported by fancy feasts, but it, it becomes a stew. Spot, it's, it's definitely open. That's right. It becomes a stew uh, for the Lord, and now you're down a goat, 
and you don't have any cabbage. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't feel. I, I'm underselling the benefits here, uh, especially in a city where uh, the prices for a house start at very, very high numbers that make me want to cry. Uh, just being able to live here and pay this, it, it's been working out okay, uh, I guess. And I did, for real, uh, not want to deal with the clogged shower. And instead of buckling down and doing it myself, I totally just called my landlord and he came and like ran a snake and pulled horrible stuff out of the shower drain. I didn't have to worry about it. I got to get something for the fact that I'm losing money every month. I'll give you that. I'll mm-hmm. give you that. I don't like fixing things. I just just reevaluate the way I was thinking about the thing. You know, the drain in sure. the shower is clogged, so it fills up while I'm taking a shower. It's like some kind of waiting pool. I don't know. Um, it's just, it's all mind game. I mean, the goalposts are uh, not permanent for any of these things. I mean, that's as, uh, you just move them. You move them right over. The, your goalposts are too far. If you're sitting in your chair, just move those goalposts a little closer. And you don't even have to get up. Uh, that, yeah, that said, I mean, I'm actually totally disgusted by standing in standing water in my shower. That's one I can't, I cannot abide. Uh, I can, I can move a goalpost in my in my time. I've moved many a goalpost, but like I'm mm, all right, fine. I can't, can't either. It. And yeah. <laughs> well, that specifically, yes, I can't, I can't maintain that goof because it uh, it I'll irks me to my core. <laughs> I'll tell you how Abigail has learned. My wife, Abigail, has learned to trick me into doing things, um, which everyone has to learn. You know, but, if you realize you're being tr- – never mind. Okay, I, was, I guess you – No, I, you don't realize it. I mean, that's I the whole see. point. I'm looking back on it. Okay. It's, I'm always – it's too late when I realize it. So mm. with the shower thing, for instance, um, you know, there's like a tile – stuff that's crumbling or something and she's like oh i'll you know i was like oh it's gonna be i gotta prep it and everything i'll just use some cock she's like oh wait i'll clean it up for you when you come home uh i come home she's like some of the other tiles were cracked she's etched out all of the grout filling in the shower and she's like can you use caulk for that she knows i can't so oh then i tell the client that long story short Step by step, I re-grout the entire shower and re-caulk both bathrooms. And I don't even know this is happening. I'm just in the middle of it, like arms burning, using tools I've never seen before in my life. And I, I, I have the epiphany that I've been had. So she... Uh, so these are these are jobs that require something that's mildly broken to essentially become the rest of the way broken in order to be fixed. Correct? Like she right. Well, there's several key aspects. It's small okay. things that I'm willing to do. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then offers of help mm-hmm. when I'm not there, and then escalation, and and it's just a cycle of that. Oh, there's a lot I'm of sure there's it's a that's, form of abuse, right? I, I yeah, it's a lot of steps to that. I feel like at some point she's doing more work psychologically on the psychological front than you are on the like caulk and grout front. Um, I have to ask her. I don't mm, know if it's worth it. I respect the the sort of good now the sort of manipulative tapestry that she's painting, and I also think she did. There was sweat equity there, right? She had to rip. Like I, I originally, I mean, 
many a job can be uh, kind of your hand can be forced, right? It's like oh, the the cock's the cock's a little bit. Some of the cock's crumbling out. You get home and all the cock's gone. Now now you're stuck. <laughs> I mean, right? No, there is a subtlety to it. So my metaphorical hat is off to her. I'm not easily led or fooled, and so you know, I I he's got something. I certain evidence to the contrary. <laughs> it sounds well, like uh, I mean, sounds like she played you like a fiddle, mm. <laughs> a multi a fiddle for like a multi uh, multi movement symphony. Here, there was a there was a lot of steps. It, it, I mean, it, it seems like the cock one has really got you down. Is are there other? Can you give me another like a uh, uh, more than one step uh, conniving trickster situation? Well, I'm just trying to abbreviate it so it's okay. not boring. But it is subtle. I mean, I and often it's like a gamble. How mad do I get versus resigned? You know, mad, resigned. I don't know. It happens. I mean. Uh, the deck. I think she started pulling up the deck planks when I thought it could last longer. And then it's like a pit of death for the kids. Right. So I'm like, guess I'm doing this now. So that was more of a single step project. Um but yeah, hey, see, I don't blame her. I mean, the pit of death is a pit of death. You have to address the pit of oh, death. Oh, it was, though. It was incredible. You know, the boards, you know, it was like a soft spot. And then she acted like she was just going to, like, try to get some of the edges away. And then the next time I came by, the kids were playing a game where they were jumping over it, and I think they were calling it like a space portal or something. And the edges were all splinters. It was about the size of a person. And then all the boards have been attached with these things that I guess make it look flush without using visible screws. But they were just caltrops. Like they were just razor sharp barbs going around. I know what you're talking about. The little like bracket things that you hammer in. They're like triangles. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, the kids loved it, except Mm -hmm. that it was definitely horrifyingly dangerous so yeah that that went away i i i feel like my approach to this is almost exactly the opposite uh when i now not anymore to be clear now i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a child again and i just throw money at a big man who comes and fixes my drain when my drain stops draining but I once had a house with actually this was actually a rental situation so uh where I I I had a back porch uh that was ostensibly brand new but had been constructed in the shoddiest manner possible uh, like the the lowest bidder backed porch situation I think it was like a friend of the, they were really big on like friends of theirs doing stuff like oh you know so and so will come fix the outlet and he like busts a hole in the wall bigger than the outlet like uh panel and then just sort of like fits it in at like a 30 degree angle so it covers up the most of the hole when you, you know this is like dropping a cable jack in a wall with a with a sledgehammer um but one their back porch had no railings uh no uh sort of patterns no none of the you know, nothing's at 45 degrees the wood was not treated so basically what we, what you're looking at are uh a tw- 15 <laughs> to 20 foot long two by fours or two by sixes maybe right and there, there's just uh, two dozen of those, and that's the deck. There's no posts. There's no rails. Uh, the uh, the wood's not treated, and it was less than a year old, and it was already curling up because this is Florida, and if you leave anything outside for more than a second and it's not like heavily treated to deal with 
you know, the surrounding area, it just starts crumbling or warping or whatever. And it was not seated. Like there, there, I'm not, I don't mean there weren't posts above the deck. I mean, there were no posts. It was actually sitting Have on you, like uh, did, concrete. These. Did you try to move the goalpost? Did you try to just view it like some kind of trendy driftwood art piece? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. like, You're right. I could have you just. See how you could do that? I, yeah, just throw some barnacles on the side and, uh, like make, start my starfish collection and maybe rip up some of it the rest of the way up into like a, a postmodern sort of exhibit on one side of the, one side of the, maybe, I mean, if I pull up enough of them, maybe it'll make a little shade. Uh, yeah, now hmm. you're there. Now no, you're I, right with me. Actually, actually, no, I, it, this, it, the principle of the shoddiness, the, the, the shoddiness of the, the construction and like this thing was nailed in with uh, not enough nails, so I ended up going out there. Let me back up. It was on four uh, like like uh, concrete uh, posts, like uh, plinths, and that was so. It, what one one corner of it started to warp enough that it wasn't even like sitting on the plinth. Like you would walk onto that side, and it would kind of you know drop the last two inches down onto the concrete. It was garbage. Anyway, I did go out there, and I just like covered it in nails. Like I had gotten a new. Uh, <laughs> the like plug-in drill and i don't know what kind of drill nails you're supposed to use on a on a porch um but i had a righteous anger at the crappiness of it and i said you know even if these are the wrong screws at least there are more screws and i just screwed down a bunch of it i did that to i you know this is maybe my own problem because i did the exact same thing to the fence in our next house now that i think about it well, at least those hmm. were pre-existing problems. Uh, the sure. wood screw thing really set me off just now because when we moved into this house, the previous owner, um, I never met him, but I got a lot of his personality just from being here. He fancied himself, I'm sure, as a, um, a an idea man and, and a doer, right? This is my impression of him. Military. Um officer i i actually knew that part um and first thing i encountered was that there was a large bar built in the largest room of my house uh, we use it for like a dining room and a living room but anyway one side of this room was just this giant bar now i'm not gonna say i wouldn't want a bar in the house but it was just impractical is this is this like a dry bar or a wet bar? Is it just no, sort of like a counter like in a living room? A large counter with stools in front of it and padding around the top in a mini fridge in like a bar, like in no mm. other sense. The, pa- Maybe like the padding detail is worrisome. <laughs> 15, no, 10 feet long. Mm-hmm. Yes, 10 feet. 15 is too long. Did it, come um, with a, did, it, did it come with a painting of dogs playing poker above it? No, of course not. Nothing mm. remotely good. Um, Whoa. So somewhat begrudgingly, I had to get rid of it. But, okay. you know, it's sort of ridiculous. Anyway, I go to take it apart and I learn what this guy is made of. He just placed it there. He took – he bought as many screws as he could and he bought some wood. And every few inches, he used like a three-inch wood screw and then – to, to anchor it, which at least he tried, he screws it into the wall and glues it onto the wall. And so by the end of this, I'm just going ape and I'm pulling it all apart and I'm just smashing it. And I get it out 
and I have a pile, no joke, like six inch tall pile of wood screws that just sort of slides down to the side, like a foot wide at the base. And come to find out things like this are all over the house. So I'm still removing this guy's wood screws from my house. Wait a minute. Wait. So there there are not bars all over my house. Okay. Just little additions he's made over time. Oh, so I, you know, I, I, all of the, I'm pretty sure all of the above things I was just mentioning was from the same box of screws. You get a good box of screws and you can solve all, everything looks like a place to put a screw, man. Like, that should be a saying. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, make it a little bit longer. Um, but it, it's a little, it's a little concise right now, but yeah, I took that box of screws and I threw a ton of them into the deck. And then the next place we lived, the back fence started falling back into my property. It was one of the, you know, big slat fences. And I went out there with the same drill and the same screws and threw a bunch of screws into that too. Um, and I still have about half that box of screws. You get one of those good, like construction boxes, like a hundred screws. It takes a long time to use a hundred, like three inch wood screws. You would think uh, your amateur hour here. He he went with the bucket and may have gone back, but uh, anyway, a, a bucket. He's. They, I think they sell them in buckets. I mean, you can you can uh, put them in buckets regardless. I mean, if you want a bucket, it's uh, not. Let's see. I'm I'm backing through. Let's see. There, you, you, we had a way. I feel like the the common theme here is that none of these goalposts are being moved well. Um, we've come up with, uh, I mean, the the waiting pool concept is good, I think. Uh, but ultimately, we both agreed that it was disgusting. Uh, every single instance of other goalposts being moved, I believe we've ended up complaining about other people moving said goalposts and it being our problem. Um, well, yeah, the problem with that is you can't complain if you move the post, so... Uh, it's hard to say which I like more. Hmm. I think the real secret here is to do a really shoddy job and then move away. Um, All right, I'm on it. Yeah, I got that. That's nope. I still couldn't do that. I, I it's I, I'm too oh, well principled. I'm okay. So I think I, I threw money at something that I did not use an excessive amount of wood screws in, which is a wall-length bookshelf that is being installed by a carpenter. That is not me because this person knows what they're doing, and it's pretty cool. I love a built-in bookshelf. Yeah, it's the length of a long room, and it's got a little spot in the middle, and it's got, like, drawers and stuff. Anyway. Spot in the middle for, like, a a television, a fireplace? There is no television. No, no, mounted head? you're close. Mm. There will be a padded area to sit and there's a light above. But the back is big enough to hang a large picture and or painting. Currently, it is exactly the right size to hang the near life-size portrait of me as a Roman general, which, to be fair, still needs to be finished. But it is mostly done. I... uh... I mean, you beat me to it. I was very excited for a second thinking that that project, excuse me, that project actually existed. Um, cause I remember this. So let's back up here. Uh, I would say the, the concept of our friend Aaron, uh, <laughs> pr- proposed a, a volunteered, nay, a painting 
or to, I mean, did, I, I don't think you commissioned him for this. I mean, we were in high school. I, um, my friends did. I oh, mean, the, officially. They, really? There was money exchanged of some of them as like a, some kind of gift. Huh. I don't remember being involved in that. I may have. I, no, I, you I, were much too cheap, sir. I was probably broke if we were talking. If okay, was, if we want to use that kind of terminology. It, this might have been after I left for college, in which case I was gone and also it probably, probably broke. Was, yeah. Yes. So, so they commissioned Aaron, um, a nominal art major, to paint a life-size portrait of you as a Roman general. Um, and this was, I would say, I'm going to guess 16 to 18 years ago. Uh, have have you gotten any uh, sort of updates from the artists? Was some like uh, workshop sketches? Um, we may have to look elsewhere, but hmm. the face has been finished to a degree that you can tell it's me. So it could be done in rough um, by uh, somebody. I don't know. I'm gonna have it finished. Anyways, well, it fits in the alcove. So. That's what's going there first. You just mean you fit in the alcove. This painting is so highly hypothetical, right? Well, like <laughs> I know, you walked up in the alcove exists. and you're like, "Yep, it's my house. <laughs> it needs to be finished." Wait, uh, what? Oh, it's like the canvas exists. The canvas is in my house right now. I so okay. This might have been it's a mistake on your on part. It. You should never. There's, there's this is also probably a saying, but you should never accept a. Uh, partially you should never accept a full life painting canvas that only your head is on uh no you, you know at some point the artist is like can you just hang on to this for me i promise i'll get it done and you're like okay sure that, that's no. definitely a saying it's probably latin though so we'd recognize mm-hmm. it if we heard that way mm-hmm. um expelliarmus uh abracadarvis yeah uh, ca- what's the word for head um cephalus cephalus that's it all right okay uh no it was it was found like indiana jones like lost treasure warehouse style where her abigail's parents just cleaned out their house and got it all redone and this was like uncovered out of like a pile of storage rooms and there it was in all of its glory and so i rescued it really I feel like this art, uh, this uh, this particular uh, commission might not have gone super smoothly. <laughs> I I was picturing a more of a situation where it was more actively uh, sort of uh, shoved off uh, into the, into your possession. But at this point, you're describing an artist <laughs> that that literally left it at his parents' house for a, a decade. <laughs> you know, you put it the way you put it sounds a lot less epic, but factually not wrong. <laughs> Less epic, but correct. Anyway, I've got all that. Now, truthfully, it's too short to have a real need for a rolling ladder. But obviously, that's what everybody wants. Yeah. Well, that, you know, at that point, it might be a ceiling problem more than a bookshelf problem. Just saying, while you're in there. Get rid of the ceiling? Don't. Abigail, if you ever listen to this, don't listen to him because there will be a hole in my ceiling tomorrow. Ah, it's her. Yeah. No, no. Actually, if I've I've learned anything from this podcast, there's going to be a small crack and maybe some water damage in the ceiling. Then there, I would say a month or two (laughs) will go by and she'll be like, hey, Brock, you take care of the water damage. And one day you're going to come home and she's going to be like, well, I I tore out the ceiling around the water damage. (laughs) 
And then you have going to have a hole in your ceiling. You got to work your way. It's a frog in the boiling uh, wading pool situation, um, where the you're, you one day you're going to re- one day you're going to be uh, in, extending the bookshelf up, and you're not going to realize what's happened because that will have been step five of about eleven in the process toward the uh, moving ladder. As long as I'm closer to the finish than the start, I can just you know imagine it was what i meant to do i mean i feel like there's a uh, given the uh, like large amount of awareness you have at how you're being conned i think some of their self-deception certainly plays a certain part and i gotta fill this bookshelf and as you know i don't i can't read um i'm sorry well okay i can read but i have such very little time to wait a minute how do you, do you not read? Do, I oh, just, I do read. Okay. I'm just realizing that I'm trying to think of like when we've talked about a book that we've both read, like ever. Do you think we've read the same book? I I mean, it's possible that we read the same book. It's statistically. What's the, late, what's the last book you've been reading? Like in the flesh? Because I listen to a lot of books because of driving, but oh. like reading, reading. Yeah. You can't put an audio book on your new bookshelf. That'd be tacky. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just put a little cell phone up there. A little little piece of paper that says a cell that you phone read the book. and a Kindle just sitting next to each other. Is it? A printed out <laughs> screenshot of the like progress bar on your ebook app. Um, did it? Uh, I I read uh, I read the book Born by Jeff Vandermeer. It's Don't like, know it. It's like a um. Do you or see that? Brock and Cam try to discuss books that neither one of them have not heard of is a really bad podcast for me. It'll only so take us a very long time. We'll just alternately name books. Well, and I want to rewind. Okay, hold on. You said you don't read books. And and, and this is a... So currently is the problem... A, just a flat lie. Well, is it the, is the currently the problem that you don't... Curr- well, here's the thing. You not currently having time to read books has <laughs> almost nothing to do with whether you have books for your bookshelf. Because correct. Well, my question to you was going to be: mm. Is it uncouth to put books, too many books that you have yet to read, on a bookshelf if it, you own them? If you own them, then uh, no. If you're, if you're, uh, if you, bu- if you, <laughs> here's there's a let's get some art situation here. Shannon and I talk about this all the time, uh, where we are. We actually have a like a, a crap ton of books on our bookshelf. Um, like we. I have lugged books from apartment to apartment for years, stubbornly refusing to get rid of the vast majority of our books just because I feel like a big bookshelf is a very homey uh, thing. I feel good when I walk into someone's house and I just see a ton of books. Um, so, But we, we are terrible at putting stuff on the walls. So we have this huge bookshelf, then we have a bunch of framed photos, but we own almost no art and it's because I find it really hard to commit to art. And I think it's very bizarre when I go to someone's house and I go into like, you know, you go use their downstairs guest bathroom and then they're, the whole thing's themed like, oh, it's sailboats in here or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I know. Yeah. And there's a, there's a little sailboat and like her mom is like this. Her mom has uh, is incapable of, of leaving you any flat surface in the house to put anything on you'll walk into a room and just want to like put your keys down but there you know at the top of the at the top of her dresser there's seven doilies and there's a little chest of drawers and there's a little stand and there you know what i mean like the, there's stuff everywhere and i don't know how people do that i don't know how people fill walls with art 
and you walk into Target, and Target has an art section, right? Like there's an entire. You buy. Well, I want to. Can you give me like a quick description of the person who decorates their house with Target art? As no, sort of like I can't. I, I I can't do it, and I don't want to assume bad things about that person. I'm sure they're very nice, and they probably, they probably have, a, have a lot of time. Maybe they don't, or maybe they have a, a a cohesive vision that that matches up with targets. I don't know. I mean, maybe they want to live. Maybe they truly do want to live, laugh, and love. Um, <laughs> you know, but, that's really great because it it somebody out there really does, independent of all marketing and circumstance, choose of their own free will to be like that. And they're just the rarest diamond of all. And there's no way to know who they actually are amidst the sea of insane people. Or maybe uh, that's the most common people because that's the prints that those are the prints that are in target. I don't know. I mean, uh, but my, my, my point though, is that the person who walks into like a, a target and uh, and goes down the you know there's a frame aisle and then there's an art aisle and then there's usually like art and there's usually more filled frames than empty frames in a Target which is crazy to me and uh, and you know they're like oh yes the Eiffel Tower James Dean this is it and then they go home and they like art up a wall like oh you moved in this place got to get some art on here um maybe some red art would be good in this room that 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 mindset I don't understand and I feel like. That the the what I'm getting at is the bookshelf could be the same. I picture you walking into, I picture you pulling out a measuring tape <laughs> after you put all your books on the bookshelf and you have like 52 inches of shelf left, and you just go to into an, into a bookstore and you're like, well, some green books in this room would look good, and we need about 52 inches worth, so let's get cracking. <laughs> green books, I, honestly, and I don't diss this too much but there is a thing where people just get old books because they look cool and they're old and abigail's even bought some before but Mm. i can't (laughs) it makes me crazy now to be fair she's always bought like old engineering books and she's like hey is this cool and it is but like if it's not something that i absolutely would not leave through even just to like peruse i just can't have it I can't have things that don't mean anything. I I'm more strict than that. Well, for my own books, I'm more strict than that. Even like I'll look, I'll I've got a wall out. to fill up. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I'm you stopped short of the green book thing. Mm. Yeah, you you have sort of a project. Well, how what percentage of that bookshelf would you say you're prepared to fill with books at, at this given time? Well, if you're talking adult books, no. <laughs> But like, now I'm now books. I have different questions versus kids books. Uh, I don't even know. I, we're looking at maybe fifty percent. Mm. Um, I have a lot of board games, which I know that sounds weird, but the room is multi-purpose, and I might use some of the space for board games. I think that bo- I think that board games as a shelf uh, uh, item, like a public shelf item. Mm-hmm. Are are remarkably conversationy. I think you could you could board game oh, up sure. a, a board, bookshelf. Now, I feel like uh, where I draw the line, at least now, I feel like this may have been different ten fifteen years ago. But nowadays, I feel like the video games and the Blu rays and the DVDs can't go on the bookshelf in the in the nice sitting room. No, anymore. that's not happening. Oh wait, yeah. uh, records. Oh, of course, records. But I don't have even a fraction of the records you have. But. That is also a space for those. 
Mm. Yeah, you think lugging books uh, from place to place is a pain. Records are a whole other ball game. Uh, geez, those are very heavy. Yeah, you would you say you have a record problem? Or, no, I I okay. don't. I I don't. I don't have the. Of course, this is what a lot of people would say that actually did have certain. I have different problems, um, but I don't have an accumulation problem, especially not after having moved here. Um, like moving from a house with an attic and a in a garage attic uh, to uh, you know a, I think this place is like fifteen hundred square foot uh, two bedroom apartment here. Uh, I got rid of so much stuff. Um, I really trimmed down a lot. I felt I felt disgusting with driving. I think two minivan fulls of stuff just to donate. Like it was stuff that wasn't even worth. I there was I had a broken mar- thirty watt Marshall lamp I'd owned since I was thirteen. I had uh, high chairs that like people had given us. I had just stuff. I don't even know. Like you just are like here's these boxes of. I mean, this is not. You know, like a unique problem, but having to do it all at once in the pro- in the space of like a week when we moved here a couple of years ago uh, is bizarre. So, like, mm. I I don't feel like I have an accumulation problem because in a play in a space like this, um, I would immediately be aware, <laughs> like it would immediately become a problem. Even all in right. this place, even we'll in this place, I'm looking at like uh, two boxes and a grocery bag just to the left of my uh, desk here that are all donation things. Um, just because you know we're we're we still like run out of closet space and have to get rid of more stuff. And I have a storage unit in, or I have part of a storage unit in Tennessee, but that's I don't want to talk about that. There's a Nintendo in it. You though. have a st- yeah. oh okay yeah. That's where a lot of our like stuff we care about, but just don't. We should have. It's a long story. We should have brought it all here when we had a moving van. Uh, I'll forgive you. Yeah. Well, okay. So I don't know what that book was you said, but uh, no, I'm it's sure since you read it, it's interesting. It's a post-apocalyptic book about a weird alien, like, and it's a bunch of bio horror stuff. It's pretty good. There's some. Uh, is this so sci-fi? Yes, very. It's it's sort of a uh, there's it's a uh, born B O R N E by Jeff Vandermeer. It's got uh, some. Uh, Who's the Cthulhu guy that you like so much? It's got some of that in there. Some Lovecraft. Like, some Lovecraftian elements, I would say. I think it'll, yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll look at it. It was okay. I read it for, our, our work has a, bur- a book club, which is one of the only reasons that I read books ever. Um, so this, I don't know. Oh, your work has a book club. Oh, mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah, some people at work get you together. You know, read that book. would be nice to not be alone in reading. Yeah, well, Shannon does most of the reading around here, and I, uh, I don't. She does not keep me updated about what she reads because most of the time it's either books about uh, Mormons or murder. Not it's a very big or there. She likes horror books, and then she likes books about like sister wives and stuff. Um, cults. There's a, you know, there is a major fascination with murder and sister wives among women. And I don't even want to get into it. But I just, all I know is it's a thing, and I, just, I don't comprehend it. Ugh. I, I yes, I'm actually. I already, I, I already got a, a a commentary list from last uh, episode from Shannon uh, today. <laughs> so I don't want to get too deep into her proclivities in that area. I did, however, move in order to put my laptop down on this desk. I moved away a book entitled "Hold on," uh, a book entitled "Into the Drowning Deep." 
um, a black book named. Now that's Lovecraftian. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about, but that was what was on the desk, and I'm sure that there's um, murder in it, or dying, or drowning. Uh, Abigail said the only thing that made some sense to me, which is that women, more so than men, have dealt with some fear of death in a, if not death, like being set upon or injured or taken in a some way their entire lives it's I, like that vague lingering feeling like that somebody could have you know attack you at any moment and i never dealt with that i i feel very fundamentally unqualified to provide many insights in this area other than to also agree that i rarely if ever have felt set upon or actively or passively in, in danger like that. Um, so that I'm going to gently sidestep that entire issue and uh, weave that one to <laughs> Abigail. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Why are you, are you okay? Are you dying? I'm, I'm actually really proud of myself that I've been this perky for this episode um, because I was up until 2 o'clock in the morning last night uh, uh, publishing this podcast. I got going. I, I Well... Okay, a lot has happened in the last week. A lot. Um, I uh, so Shannon had to abruptly buy a plane. Well, she she had to buy a plane ticket and fly out the following day on Thursday um, evening. So uh, due to a family member in Florida not doing well and being in the hospital, so she flew out. I had the children myself from Thursday night, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then she got back Monday around dinner time. Um, so I have been, and, and correct me, and, and I know that like you also, your, your wife was, uh, off uh, gallivanting around, uh, somewhere. I already still, forgot. still going back till Sunday. Oh man. But you have, you have parental backup and you also, you know, you go to work, things like that. True. I took off, I took off two days, um, in the last minute because my job is very, very nice about things like that. And I was full-time fun dad for, 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 three days, four days. Um, not bad. Yeah, we, we did, um, we did a lot of stuff. I actually, the reason I bring it up other, you know, other than to explain why I'm like deliriously tired, uh, is I got a very, I'm very proud of all the stuff I got done. I didn't play any video games. I stayed up every Mm. night spring cleaning our house. I moved furniture. I hung mirrors. I went, I took the kids to Ikea. We bought new stuff, mirrors, uh, and other stuff. I forget. Okay. You know, it's these Ikea. The same mirrors you hung or did you hang mirrors and you're like, I gotta have one. No, no. These, these are, back. these are said mirrors were, were purchased. Uh, oh, okay. and, and some other stuff we needed. Like we, uh, again, apartment, not a lot of room. I, we don't have a dresser in the kid's room. Instead, I, we have, we had a Ikea thing kind of in the closet, this like QB thing. And I moved the QB thing out, put school stuff in it because we also homeschool the six-year-old for, you know, I guess I should passively give the listener some amount of context. Uh, hmm. So we have all that school stuff now and that thing and the, in the living room and the kids stuff are now in these two like hanging compartment things in their closet. So all their, clo- all their folded clothes are in these hanging compartment things. The big QB thing is in the living room with our other QB things that hold records and things like that. Uh, gosh, what else? I don't know. It was, I You're literally, gosh darn hero, man, I three to five hours every night working, getting you know, the house cleaned up. 
it's weird though. It, it this is a weird parallel. I don't know what's happening here, but mm-hmm. you know, Abigail's gone. I'm actually off Friday, Saturday, Sundays every week. Um, and so I got the kids Thursday after work, and I cleaned this house for two days straight, rearranged everything. Was on it. I had for some unknown reason, started playing Skyrim again earlier, which I haven't played a video game for more than an hour in like six months. So it was sitting there like crack and I didn't play it. I haven't played it in like five days and I've just been doing stuff around the house. I like cooked dinner several times like well, and I don't know. I was having, I feel like we could be adults cam. I, you know, I think the way I've heard it described before is that you have um, your day feels like you have a certain amount of like something in a, in a container for the day, energy, uh, uh, t- time, effort, just like substance, humanness. And you wake up with a, this container and by the end of the day, you may have used everything in the container or or you might have some left, right? And the days where you feel the best and you've slept, you sleep the best and you feel the most satisfied are the days where you've emptied out the container. Uh, and like, yeah, I just feel like the last few days I have been doing my best to empty out the container and just focus on all that stuff and end up just complete, completely done at the end of the day, having done a bunch of stuff. And I, I think like, you know, not being, not having Shannon around, uh, also maybe I'm, you know, I'm projecting in, intense loneliness, uh, there's a possibility that because I work, my my job is is so active that with with me not working, I don't know how to sit down. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I got started, and uh, and it sounds like we both are at least medium proud of ourselves, which is awfully nice. It's good. It was strange. Good I, I made chicken vindaloo tonight, and Ooh. it tasted good. I made all right food segment, I guess. I made, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to lead up to it so it sounds most impressive um, because one, I actually mostly was concerned with not spending a ton of money while she was gone. So like we ate leftovers a few times and, uh, you know, we had some leftover taco soup. Uh, One night I ordered pizza and then ate one and a half medium pizzas because sometimes you just need to eat one and a half medium pizzas. Um, But uh uh, last night on her way, when she got home, I, I uh, cooked a beef bourguignon. B- bourguignon? How do you say it? You oh, she she speaks French. Boof. I didn't ask her. She's not here. She's actually at French class. Okay. Well, I have tried to study some French pronunciation recently, so I'm going to go with cut the second half of the word off and make it real fluid. So beef bourguignon. Bourguignon. All right. Good. Boof. Actually, she, correct, she did correct oh, me on sorry, boof. I, on Instagram, I said beef, and she she put me on blast. Um, <laughs> bo, boof, bo, bo, look, it's two and a half uh, pound chuck cut up, browned uh, in a pot with an uh, entire bottle of wine, a bunch of other stuff. And uh, I got to burn off the alcohol from a half cup of brandy, which, boy howdy, let me tell you, I have burned. I've said boy howdy last podcast. I don't know why. I don't like that. Um, I Fix burned it. off. Well, yeah, I need. Uh, I will. Um, I promise. Uh, I burned off like a alcohol from like a tablespoon of brandy before, and that's been fine. 
uh, an entire half cup of brandy, that, that's like a three and a half foot tall fireball in your kitchen for a good 30 seconds. It was a lot. Um, Archer was very impressed. Look, if you're not putting equity in, you might as well put fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I didn't put the fire in. Well, I guess I did put the fire in. You're right. I, I Thankfully, so I really dodged a, a bullet here. It was, you know, I'm cooking in a big old, like, uh, cast iron pot. And, uh, and, uh, normally, you know, and I've done it before, you just take the, like a lighter stick, you know, one of those, uh, not a, not a lighter, but the big long ones and you, you know, clicky deals and you click, yes. you click it and then you burn, you goes for a second and then and the alcohol burns off this, like I said, half cup of, of uh, brandy. Um, I decided like, I didn't want to reach into that thing with a fire stick just in case. And so I actually used tongs holding, I didn't have any matches cause it's who has matches, uh, and I, I had a, um, I MacGyvered tongs holding a toothpick and then I lit the end of the toothpick on fire. And I'm so, so happy I did that because it was a like, boom, like a, like a, like a beach ball sized, like fireball <laughs> followed by like three foot tall flames until alcohol flames until it went away. And I, I have to imagine that best case scenario, I would have scalded my whole hand. And worst case scenario, I would have like exploded the, the clicky thing or melted something. I don't know. It could have gone so wrong. Anyway, it didn't. It was really delicious. Um, you know, beef, you stew beef in uh, freaking like three people's worth of booze. Um, it's going to taste pretty good. <laughs> Later, I'll be cooking an American version where it's hamburger meat drowned in whiskey and you don't light it on fire (laughs) (laughs) wait do you drown the hamburger meat in the whiskey like pre or post eating are you just talking about no no no. you cook a hamburger hamburger and then you drink you just drink the whiskey yeah no i don't want it to be complicated yeah no we don't even know how to say boof boof why are we no shouldn't even be bothering I was pretty proud of that, though. I wish I had um, written down more things. I actually tried to, like, today, so this is how, so anyway, I I did that. I'm very tired. Um, I didn't get to bed until 2 o'clock. Felix, very needy, especially with Shannon back, climbed into our bed. I spent most of the night getting kicked by a two-year-old in the head. And then I woke up, went to work. I'm running on, like, five hours of sleep. So today, but today in in a haze, uh, I was like, oh, I should start an index card. I use index cards. I do not use... uh, you know, for stuff like this, like disposable lists, I don't want to see the list once I'm done with it. So I'll write it on an index card and throw it away. And I uh, decided to start an index card of things we could talk about today. But all the index card says, I'm reading it, it says bailed on salad. Wait, that's the whole index card bailed on salad. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do you know what this means, or are we like gonna guess at it? I had to think about it. I I've got this in my. This is from lunch, and I got it out like an hour ago, and was like, "What?" And then I. So what happened? You were was, gonna eat a salad. I was. Yeah. I. So I want to. I want to see how you would have approached the situation. So last night with the buff, I made a a salad with uh stuff that was around. It had some blue cheese crumbles. It had some tomatoes. And it had like a vinaigrette that was already in the fridge. I don't know. It was not the, the, the salad was not the centerpiece that I was presenting Shannon with. It was because I felt guilty just serving like beef on toast. <laughs> and I decided like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I don't know that I feel guilty, but it's more like somebody who sees how normal people act and they imitate it. Right. Yeah. It felt, it felt 
right to it felt society societally appropriate to provide a plant of some sort um so anyway i made the salad whatever it, no one really ate it because it turns out beef on toast is pretty filling uh and then i forgot it on the counter all night uh sitting open in a to-go container this morning i needed something to grab for work i got some leftover aforementioned taco soup which we somehow still have some of because shannon made eight gallons of it and uh, I grabbed the salad, took it to work, uh, pulled it out at lunchtime. It was a little soggy, but I was like, you know, I can, I can deal with a soggy salad. Blue cheese is good. And I messaged Shannon. I was like, hey, would you eat the salad that was out all night? And she, firm no, a hard no, hard pass from Shannon. And that made me nervous enough that I ended up throwing away the salad after eating one bite. Uh, would you eat... <laughs> Uh, this a salad as described no let okay (laughs) leftover salad sucks i wasn't scared of the salad i would have just used any hint at other motives to not eat the salad to confirm what i was already going to try to do no uh, salad should be prepared fresh how many things do you call shannon about nervously and be like (laughs) whoa what would you do here um, very, f- I'm trying to think of something food else. Related. Food related, uh, almost none. Well, hmm, that's a good question. She tends, she's a bad person to call because she will, but I call her anyway, but because she's the person that will just toss something if it's past date, period. Things where I'm like, honey, like, is this a multivitamin and it expired three days ago like it's not going to there isn't like a cattle there isn't like a, a time release capsule inside that's going to turn it to to uh to poison the day that especially medicine all right? i'm hearing is that she may be the only reason you're still alive i you know oh she's home are you the only reason i'm still alive she said probably. Though she would say that. Probably. Say something to her in French. She loves that stuff. Oh, yeah. Shannon, could you please lean over to here and give us the pr- pr- correct pronunciation of beef bourgeois? The correct bastardized American speaking in a French accent. Hold on. She's got to turn her nose up the rest of the way. Your competition is much lower than you could have possibly imagined. Boeuf bourguignon. One That's more time. Not bad. Boof. <laughs> <laughs> I want a segment where Shannon Bourguignon. just has one or French Bourguignon. word or phrase to say. She just awesome. says it and then leaves. I, you know, she. W- if we keep doing this uh, remotely on time, she will start. A, she. She is. Oh yeah. Well, you can tell her the one French word I know. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. He knows bonsoir. That's good evening, right? I know that one. I think Felix knows that one. I'm not really super impressed. I uh, was not meant to be impressive. Oh, okay. I was just trying to offer her some peace offering for coming down to our level. Oh, well, I mean, the only direction is down from a bunch of French pe- class people hanging out, I guess. Um, so Archer was very pleased that we chose his title, one of his titles. Uh, for our podcast, um, did I send you the list of other possible titles? Now that we, uh, I saw several lists. Yeah. Um, Let me see. I want to see if I have a picture here. I could read off some of the other titles. So the podcast is I semi unilaterally 
no, we. I mean, we agreed to call it. Brock and Cameron. No, are two we people. no. I agreed to this. Sorry, Cameron and Brock are two people. I went, I went back and forth. I felt like Brock and Cameron are two people doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well as Cameron and Brock are two people. Sure. Yeah. No. I'm. Mm-hmm. Look, I have no power here. So that's true. Uh, well, I mean, you don't have to throw in the towel so willingly. Uh, I we, mean, we could argue like... about it for a while. That'd make good content. <laughs> Look, the one I the one I threw at you the other day had you like headlining straightway, which is that's so Cameron, but then Brock's in parentheses. I I I feel like that's a there is a there is a, a show on the Nickelodeon infringement on Nickelodeon nineteen ninety. Yes, probably. Hmm. I didn't have Nickelodeon growing up. I'm sure that we'll get into it in a later podcast, but I did not have cable until Hopeful I was married. Don't exist before 2005. I I once uh, had children in my. This is no. This is right around the time we met. I was probably six or seven. Uh, we lived in a cul-de-sac, and the two little kids in the cul-de-sac were uh, Nicholas and John Michael. And one day I went over to one of their houses to see if they wanted to play. And they said, no, TGIF is on. And I said, what's TGIF? And that may not have endeared me. And what did they do? <laughs> um, uh, well, I don't know what they did in that specific instance, but I do have a very clear memory of a time I went over to one of their houses. And they, they it was the old, oh, Nicholas isn't here. I don't know where he is. And I was like, he's standing right behind you. <laughs> that situation. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That was after. TGIF incident. Possibly. There was also a period of time where Nicholas, who was the kid, what John Michael had a Sega Genesis and Nicholas had a, an, an NES. And uh, there was a period of time where Nicholas had said he gave up his NES for Lent. And so I couldn't come over and play it. But I'm very, I'm really suspicious as to how long that period went or whether he was ever, <laughs> ever maybe he was just Look, using You were that. a good Protestant. No one allowed you to know what Lent was or how long it lasted. I, well, I also came over to his house and played his Nintendo a lot. Um, so he probably had to resort to religious means to, to get me <laughs> off of this property. <laughs> mm, should have tried that. Uh, Archer's other suggestions were Cameron, Cameron and Brock, a random talk, which I thought was kind of nice. Uh, Cameron and Brock face the silly side. Um, Classy. And, and my personal favorite, I really wanted to use this one, but I felt like it it was just a little too high concept for us. Cameron and Brock don't play basketball while they're doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, I don't think I fully grasp it, but I feel like something's there that I don't get. He's on another level. That's uh-huh. all there is to it. Yeah, I, I mean, he pulled. He went from his first ideas were just like a show with Cameron and Brock, Cameron and Brock's podcast. And I was like, buddy, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take it and turn it a little bit. The next thing I know, he's giving me this, you know, this uh, factually, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's look. I've seen some of his song titles. Mm. I mean, this guy's got something going on. Oh man, I re- he really does. I, I'm. Uh, I don't want to psychoanalyze my own children too much on a public podcast, but um, boy, he has had some waves of creativity that are amazing. Uh, currently, he is in a phase of the opposite, like a real wave of kind of self-awareness uh, and self-doubt. He's you know he's about to be seven, and he no mm-hmm. longer is making like wacky cartoons or or I don't come home to a new album every day with ten tracks titles that he wants to make um i feel like i'm having to twist his arm to do any of that stuff or like to remind him of how he used to do it right 
Um, he's he's too he's I think he's just aware of whether things are good or not a little bit more, and so he's uh, like less. No, that's the death of all <laughs> it, art. <laughs> it very very much is, yeah. And instead, what he does is he makes systems, which is his other big thing. So like, we just got him Yahtzee recently, where which is it, if there's it is the perfect game for him because. It involves rolling dice and adding up numbers, and there are very clear systems, and you fill it all up. There's math, there's uh, numbers, there's no story, there's no like narrative. Okay, so he's not going to be like a D and D fan within this. Scenario. I think he would, but I I think he has to get there. Like I think he, he has to get a little bit older and and use his imagination in different ways. Right he now, would, he would love quicks. Get him quicks. Well, how do you really spell easy. it? You would love it. I. Q W I X. I think I think I've seen it before. Q U I X X or something. I don't okay, know. I'll write both of them down. Super cheap, and I, he would love it. I've been forgetting to write down notes on this episode, so I got all sorts of room on this index card to write down things. Um. Anyway, yeah. He. So the problem is, I mean, problem. The 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 tendency he's having right now is to, uh, instead of uh, learning more complicated games, or instead of creating things and making up cool names and coming up with crazy stuff. He uh he just wants to make new systems. So he has my D four from my D and D stuff, and he's currently working on his version of Yahtzee, where you roll a D four and then you add up the numbers on the on the corners of the D four. I don't I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> I don't, it's called D four. What's it called? It's called like D four system or D four matching. I think it's called D four matching. I have no idea. He's been working on it for like two days. Like so, instead of making a story or instead of drawing a tree with a house and a sunshine, he's writing instructions for a, a dice game that probably doesn't work. Well, he has a very specific future. I that's what I thought, you know, a couple of years ago. But about every year, his very specific future heads in another bizarre direction oh, i didn't say if it would be this ah uh, okay you no know, he's gonna be something and it's gonna be really impressively intense <laughs> yeah he's he's inherited that and he's inherited the like 100 percent or nothing sort of approach to things to, yeah uh, that sounds real familiar uh, and not me <laughs> well uh oh and an, one last name which came from the most unlikely source and I didn't ever tell you this because we had already done it but it was sort of funny to me was I think Shane was harassing me at work because he came in we cross each other on shifts um, and he was harassing me about the podcast joking around and the other guys that I work with were like what and a guy who had never listened to this was asking me what and I was like basically I just like talk to my friend for an hour on Tuesday nights and he looks at me like sort of unimpressedly confused and was like an hour on Tuesday nights what and I was like that's a name an hour on Tuesday nights and, and I said, was like you get it and he was confused <laughs> yeah and he went back to working <laughs> I was like good good well I'm glad that we've I'm glad we've uh Failed to impress that guy. Um, I mean, I, uh, an hour on Tuesday nights, comma, what, question mark, is not a terrible name for a podcast. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, oh, I, tried to, I tried to work on this one a little bit. I pitched Archer on maybe calling it two people with Cameron and Brock, and he was really upset by that. 
um, we were writing a list of ideas and he was putting an A next to ones that were his idea and he refused to have an A next to that one. He would not, <laughs> he would not accept credit for two people with Cameron and Brock because he said that was inaccurate because it's just us. There are not two people with us. <laughs> I am so interested. He has such a, like, I don't know where his ideas are coming from because sometimes they sound incredibly abstract, but sometimes it just strikes him that it's not accurate and it's not trying to be abstract or well, something. Well, that's the thing. And is, it just crashes. He's very into rules and structure. And and and, uh, and uh, he wants to... He's actually too into rules and structure right now. Like, we're, we're having a hard time with... Like, tonight, uh, with him, um, he's, he's way... T- he... Uh, Okay, let me start over. He's way too worried about rules and structure in the wrong context, and it's really hard to con- to communicate to him when rules matter and when they don't matter, uh, or like which rules matter. Like tonight, he asked permission to wear his watch to bed, and then he apologized because the sheet had like when he pulled his sheet up, it hit the button on his watch and lit his watch up, and it's like. <laughs> I I'm I know it sounds like I've completely broken the spirit of this six year old, and he's I'm so sorry, Papa. <laughs> and I'm gonna take him out back for a lashing or something. But like, it's it it is really just he's he's very overly concerned with um rules. Like if something and it's and I feel him. I feel it, and I feel bad for him because like maybe he'll drop a cracker on the floor and be like, oh no, I dropped a cracker on the floor, and you're like, oh no, it's cool, just eat it. And he's be like off the floor. <laughs> Like last time I dropped, you know, a uh, gummy on the floor, you said, don't eat it. And trying to explain what is ultimately a pretty arbitrary decision that an adult makes where it's like, eh, this floor I cleaned this long ago and this is a cracker and you, you know, it, it's fine versus like something wet or something that, you know, you know what I mean? Like details. Yeah. There's a bunch of like, ultimately my decision is more arbitrary than I would like to admit. And that doesn't sit well with him like at all. Um, you're on watch. You I can't make mistakes, man. I have to. I have to live up to this. You know, my my personal systems and rules have to live up to this six year old who's expecting that everything is like fully thought out and explained to him. <laughs> uh, but and I, we're trying to get him to relax, though. Like when he uh, when he goes to wash his hands for a meal, that's another big one. Where sometimes we'll say, "Just go rinse your hands off. It's fine. You've just been inside. You don't have to like wash your hands." But that was a huge mistake that they we did that because now every single time he goes to wash his hands, I have to deal with like my hands are a little bit sticky. Should I wash them or just wa- should I use soap? And then like. Uh, and then follow up questions of like, are you sure? Maybe you should look at my hands. I feel like they might've been a little bit sticky. I touched something sticky recently, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) Oh, am I that because I don't have to deal with that day in and day out. It's completely entertaining to me. Well, I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, he's a, a sweetheart. I shouldn't dig too deep into Archer on the podcast. I, I, it's, it is a lesson to me as a parent. Can we even imagine right? what young Cam was like? Do we know what young Cam was like? Um, I think I took things as they were a lot more than Archer. Um, I mean, I also... You were I, certainly more rebellious. You th- Well, not at six, though. At six, Maybe not at, at six. six. I was I practicing violin an hour every morning. You know, the whole, like, door off the hinges phases. Oh, that's... that's so, I'm, you know boy that's i got six years before that i think i was like 12 or 13 when my my father (laughs) removed the door 
um, for my hinge. That's a whole other. There's there's a lot of factors there, too. All right. Well, we won't go and do it. No, no, no. It's fine. I mean, the the reason the door came off the hinges is because I liked my door closed when I was playing my video games, and um, he wanted the door open in case one of my at the time five siblings wanted to come in and bother me. Um, so he didn't like my dad's very extroverted. I'm not. So he, he saw, I think my perspective is he saw it as a little bit of a concern that I wanted to spend multiple hours playing <laughs> video games with the door closed. And I kept closing the door and he kept opening the door. And one day my door was gone. I mean, there's probably more to it than that, but that's the, that's the rough sketch. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let him, I'll let you go with that. Sure. Anyway, Archer, I mean, who knows what, where we'll both be at when he's 12, but, uh, um, he's, he's six and sweet. So cool. how are your well, kids? We shouldn't talk so much about my kids. I feel like that was more information than Arthur would, Archer would have probably authorized me to talk about on the podcast. Oh, I'm sure there will be time. They're varied in many, by many, I mean, well, exactly three. I have exactly three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, none of whom are here right now. They're at grandparents sleep i'm literally in my house alone it's disorienting to say the least i mean it's great but it's super disorienting and i don't know how to structure time or tasks when it's just me alone i just sort of wander on to new things and it's it's so strange single people are laughing right now well, you know, if you threw a single person into a chaotic family, they would do worse than I'm doing by myself in this house right now. That is true. <laughs> so I mean, heading back the other direction. Yeah. Heading back the other direction, you definitely uh, have fewer things to account for. In, in fact, nothing to account for. <laughs> you could uh, <laughs> you could literally do nothing. You can come home from work and just lay on the linoleum and uh, so throw grapes in your have, mouth. Do you... Do you want to do another political word or do you want to cut that? The political because word bit, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. The political word bit, um, the weakness of it for me is that it took me about four hours for me to realize which button you were talking about. Um, Sounds like it worked. I, I guess I was thinking like a close button, which it related to that. It took me literally multiple years to realize that the what the phrase the hardest button to button on the white stripes the titular white stripes song did you assume that he was trying to use button as a verb as to press a button <sighs> i'm this is awkward but i my what I, what i pictured was someone like moving from pushing one button to the next button like in an interface um because so, you're a ui guy i guess i guess one day Way, way, way too late for a grown adult. I realized that he was talking about buttoning a button on like a jacket or something. Um, no, I don't feel bad. I didn't think about it very hard. And <laughs> the moment I thought about it, I realized, oh, what does that mean? Because I had just sort of in my head been hearing button to button like it was some kind of weird verb or something. Yeah, like station I mean, to I station. don't know. It's a song. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no. There you go. So, button. I'm glad you got it. Mm-hmm. I was talking about the button on a yeah. shirt. So, there you go. Yeah, the button that uh, the the drop. Well, it was a, the Hawaii thing was like an item in a drop down, wasn't it? 
Like, <laughs> oh no, I don't. Yeah, I heard it was a phone system. Or oh something. really? It was like he pressed one instead of two. Or oh something. no, I didn't see that. I I saw a ostensibly a screenshot of like some really awful like a series of links on a page or items in a drop. That could or something. been it. I don't know. Uh, I heard a lot of different things. I don't know. I uh, feel like when we do talk bad about UI design, uh, almost I, certainly could have been involved. I tell you one thing. I don't want to talk about work on this podcast. Uh, <clears throat> or let's see. I mean, I could come up with a lot of things I don't want to talk about this, on this podcast. Let's see. Books that only on one Monday. of us have read. What? Oh, you know, the government shut down, but it just so happens that if you're really important, they make you come into work, but they say, wink, wink, we're not paying you, but you're important. So come to work. By the way, we're getting paid to make the government shut down while we make you go to work without getting paid. I don't want to get into that either because it's mind bogglingly idiotic, but there, there it is. Do I have to, I mean, let me check. Okay. I don't see, do I have to cut this part of the podcast? Should I? Uh, <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> are you, are, is this clearance level? Do you have a clearance level public for this? Public knowledge. Ugh. Public knowledge, everybody. I have a feeling when we do dive into political, if we win, if and when, by the way, I also tagged this podcast as explicit. Um, and when I uploaded it to iTunes and Google, just in case, mainly cause I don't want to have to edit it. So, uh, if, if one of us says, uh, an explicit thing, then like, you know, let her fly. But like when we talk about politics, I also like, uh, I feel like it'll come in the context of, of higher order principles and things and not so much current events. I think that's my problem with the politics. Oh, well, word. Uh, I'm- uh, I can handle both, but I yes, actually the uh, the non current events thing is probably even more interesting. I yeah, I, I frankly I don't I, I record a podcast. I'm in a band and I go to work and I have children and I have a wife and those are all things that allow me to not think about all the garbage happening um, too all much, right. uh, or else I will crumble under the weight of all the garbage happening. Um. Okay. The last book I read. Before we finished, well, okay, I listened to the last Brandon Sanderson Stormlight book. Oh, re- oh, which really? is a fantasy series, uh, and I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, I mean, it's not flawless, but it's an incredibly good fantasy series. I I read what's the new one called? Um, Oathbringer. I, Oathbringer. I, there are two before that, right? I've I've read both the of them. The Way of Kings and yeah. the Words of Radiance. So I read those on a Kindle, um, and. I did not realize until after I read both of them and thought, man, those were pretty long. And then I saw a physical copy of those books, and they're both like it, the size of the dictionary. It's comma. <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh. it's amazing. Yeah. All right. I should this maybe This one's maybe longer. Oh, jeez. All right. But oh. it's as good. And then the last physical book I'm actually still reading is The Stranger by Albert Camus, or The Outsider, depending on how you translate it. We'll get... Shannon to read it because it's originally in French and that'll be your word for next time. I'm going to be, um, we're, I'm sure we'll get into a future podcast, but I was very much not a liberal arts major. Um, and I also did a lot more reading than I did talking of various names and words. And maybe until this very moment thought it was Albert Camus. It's not. Albert oh, Camus, I did too. I was talking to Abigail's oh, okay. sister one time and she's like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, I don't know how to pronounce French. And she's like, Oh, now I knew who that is. Oh, okay. Well, I feel a little bit better then, but I definitely always thought it was Albert Camus. 
Um, that's an awfully. It's uh, probably like Albert Camus. I don't know. Mm. I, don't ask me. <laughs> uh, was uh, so. I mean, that seems like an awfully classy uh, random book to be reading. Uh, classy is a strong word. I uh, mean, academic, I guess, you know, like literature. Yeah. So it is a thing. You're not like consuming like a TV show. But I try to mix things. You know, like I'm reading fantasy, listening to a fantasy book, reading something like that. And I don't know, it works for me. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had my but list of books I could tell you. Oh, I, I have tried to, I have broken myself of the desire to read something because it's supposed to be literary. Like, I've tried to start books like that, and it's just, just like, I don't care. And so I'm focusing my attentions on things that are thought provoking, but also I give a remote care about. So I made the mistake of uh, speaking of books that I, I like how we've moved from books that only one of us have read to now we're talking about books that one of us maybe has read or one of us plans to read or decided not you to realize read. This topic we is going anywhere. Yeah, it's getting it's getting more gripping by the second. Uh, the uh, I did uh, make a mistake recently. Uh, not a mistake because Chris, if Chris ever listens to this podcast, I want to know that I. I'm deeply thankful for what he did. But one day I messaged him about a, uh, I don't remember what it was, some some uh, war crimes in the Ukraine uh, from in the early 20th century or something. That This kind of, there was a, was a there's a, a thing that happened and I don't have the me- memory to bring up the name of it, but there was a, a something that is classified as a genocide in certain countries and not in others. Uh, Armenian genocide. It was a, uh, maybe? It was a, it was kind of a governmental Tur- genocide where Turkey the, won't acknowledge the Armenian genocide. I want to say it was a Russian one because it, it involved uh, um, uh, starving the the peasants, like the the people in the country. Well, like, oh, okay. Uh, I mean, like Stalin did a lot of that. Yeah, okay. it was one of those. Anyway, like I, I read about something. And I was like, hey, so my friend Chris has um, has a doctorate in. Uh, a lot of this kind of stuff. I, I, I don't remember exactly. I know his specialty is gen- like he did his big important thesis on g- genocides uh, of the 20th century or something. And so I messaged him about that and he sent me back this very long and informative answer with all of this nuance and everything. And then he said, I'm going to send you some books. And I said, okay. So now I have, <laughs> so now I have two books roughly the size of Brandon Sanderson novels sitting on my shelf that are both about the genocides of the 20th century. Um, don't get me wrong. I wish I could just get the book information into my head like magic, but reading is a real commitment for me, and I'm even slower reader than you for sure. Yeah, I I would I I am hesitant to use that any sort of excuse like that because uh I mean, they're sitting there, and I haven't touched them, but I have, I have nine hearts in Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and I have six hundred and something moons in in uh, the Mario. Um, this this is a very complicated topic. It really is to I, address. I <laughs> it is not straightforward. No, I mean, on some level, I'm not going to maybe get the same level of relaxation at the end of a long day reading about um, Armenian genocides or. Uh, or uh, starving, starving the peasantry. Uh, so maybe it's not a one to one, but at the same time, 
I mean, those books aren't going anywhere. Uh, uh, that was that was not a mistake, though. It was uh, actually one of the better things I've done. I, I I reached out to someone who knew more than me. I asked for information, and boy, I got some information. And now I got to figure out what to do now. <laughs> I could have just I could have just Wikipedia knowing people who know things. I, it's yeah, like my favorite thing. Right, like I and I don't usually use that resource. I don't usually contact someone who actually knows what they're talking about. I'll just Google it, and read about it for. 30 seconds on Wikipedia and feel sort of smart and then forget. Instead, I talked to him and then forgot. And now I have heavy books. Um, so progress, I guess <laughs> that is progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we, are we, I, I don't want to run us too long every night. I, I would love for us to end on some sort of an awesome, like uh stinger out of nowhere. Um, but so far, Oh, that, I, that hasn't I happened. shoot. I should have been thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we probably should. I should have texted you Stinger Limit five ourselves. minutes ago. Dang it. Yeah. I had bunch, but I, they all passed. All the Stingers. Oh, so I many had Stinger something in my head about during the Stalin genocide and serfs. Mm. But I like, love a good it's Stinger. It's so dark. Regarding. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we could have looped back. Nobody to wants the, to cry after listening to a podcast. So. Uh, not our podcast. I hope not. No. I I filed but it under comedy. Murders on the rise in podcast world. So who knows? Maybe it was better than we thought. That's true. People were really into their murder podcast. Shannon was in, into that murder podcast. Um, serial, right? Abigail. Yeah, you know this goes on. Anyway, I, Abigail's I, involved in a podcast about murders that are related to Pensacola, produced by UWF. I'm telling you, whoa, murders are. Big business. Big business murders. Yeah. Hmm. I listen to a video game podcast. And this one. Yeah. I don't listen to Uh, this one. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's way too long. Rise and see